Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Sunday, fun day, July the 12th, 2020. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty. And if you're in Arizona like I am, you are for surely sweaty because it's like 115 degrees today. But it's a dry heat, so it's not not that bad, they say. Honestly, uh, when you're not in the sun, it's not terrible. When you get in the sun, bro... Man, uh, you start dripping some serious body butter. But we're here today with a little Q&A podcast. All the requests from you guys. So we're going to be answering the questions you ask via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, LinkedIn, email, and everywhere else you guys bombard us with the questions. But this podcast is brought to you by my homies over at Athletic Greens. If you guys are still not eating at least four to five servings of greens per day, plus your fruits on top of that. I would highly suggest you guys pick up some Athletic Greens. You guys can hit me up for 20 free travel packs. I'll shoot you the link, Athletic Greens slash Jeremy Scott. You can hook it up. Otherwise, just message me and say, hey, Jeremy, I'm not sure. You've talked about these things a million times. I want to try them. I literally will have Monica mail you a pack to your front door, throw it in some water, slam it, you'll know how awesome it is, and then I'll shoot you the link for the 20 free travel packs to make your life a little bit easier. Again, it's the one thing I take every single day in terms of supplements. I never miss it because even for me, being a health professional, I struggle eating five servings of greens, 365, especially if you travel or do anything, like you go on a hike for five hours or something, or you're you know, on a bike ride, you're not in your normal routine. How are you going to get that many greens? And it's just really tough to do. And again, it's the best tasting greens, in my opinion. And if you're talking like no GMOs, no herbicides, no pesticides, no artificial colors, flavors, preservatives, or sweeteners, it's gluten-free, dairy-free, corn-free, egg-free, peanut-free, no animal byproducts, no lactose, no sucrose, no dextrose, and it's lifestyle-friendly. For all my crazy people out there who are vegetarians, vegans, paleo, keto, Whole30 people, it works for you. So... Hit me up. I'm happy to shoot you guys a link for 20 free travel packs. Otherwise, if you're really nervous about it, I can have Monica mail you one. You can try it, and then we can go from there. So with that, we're going to jump into all of the questions you guys have asked. So let's just go right down the list here. First one, in another life, MMA fighter or any sort of ball player is the question. Well... Since last night, and I'm super tired today, by the way, I'm exhausted. If you can see me on YouTube, I look like I slept in a trash can. I stayed up way too late. I watched uh, the UFC pay-per-view last night, uh, Fight Island, Masvidal, and Uzma. Uh, I thought it was a great card. Uh, If you guys are UFC or Fight fans, I am. It's literally during this, uh, you know, season of life we've been in since basically March, uh... There's been no sports on, and I can't really go anywhere or do anything. So, uh, the last dance with you know Jordan and the Bulls and uh, UFC have been the only real two things I've been watching, other than uh, you know when Ozarks popped on or like you know I watched all eight seasons of Log Cabin Living before bed because it kind of puts me in a in a good mood. And a side note, I do those things, you guys, because they're it's it's low stakes, right? Like there's nothing. It's not. It's not global news. It's not this, you know, sad, depressing stories and these things. And and I think sometimes when life is heavy, just, you know, 
put something light on it to make you feel good. And I've been doing that for a long time. And I'll touch on that in this podcast because there's a couple of questions that I ask about that. And I think when you look at Netflix, honestly, it's why that whatever that show is, it's like the, the floor is lava or something. And I watched like 10 minutes of an episode one night before bed. I, first of all, I thought it was terrible. Uh, they had the most unathletic family on there. No offense. I'm not trying to judge. But they were like, oh, I don't think I can make it. I'm like, dude, um, most people I know could get that course done in like five minutes. Anyways, my point is, I'm like, how is The Floor is Lava like the number one show on Netflix or like in the top 10 on Netflix? And then I thought about it. I'm like, well, because it's light, man. It's fun. It's almost like something that's cartoonish and it makes you feel good and it puts you in a good mood. It's, it's the reason why, you know, I watch The Office before I go to sleep or Parks and Recs or why I've watched Back to the Future or RE, why I've watched eight seasons of Log Cabin Living over the past four months because it just, it puts me in a good mood and I don't have to consume all the negative shit and the fear-mongering stuff that goes on in the world. And on a side note, which has nothing to do with this question, and as you guys know on this podcast, I'll get off topic a lot, I don't think we're meant to watch global news as humans. Now, I have no issue with anybody who does. Some people think I'm stupid and I'm an idiot and I'm not informed if I don't watch the news. I'm not saying I don't consume educational content. I just choose not to believe the news, whether it be... CNN or, or Fox or whatever, like you can watch these news episodes that should be, you know, looking at everything on an even playing field, but I can watch CNN, it tells me one thing, and the same day I can watch Fox and it'll tell me another, but it's on the same topic. And it's like, well, which one is correct, right? And so the reason I say that and I bring that up is because like global news is everything. And if you watch stuff that's going on all over America and then all over the world, you're going to find some negative shit. Like they're going to report, there's going to be some uh, some hate or some violence or there's going to be these things that are going to just make you feel a certain kind of way. And typically they're things that don't make you feel good. So like anything, when we talk about, you know, get out and vote, you know, I think voting is an amazing right you have, especially as an American, but start locally. Like you vote local. And what I say is like you watch, it's your local community. And, and again, I'm not even a fan of local news. But worry about what's going on in your house, you know, before you worry about what's going on in the White House. And I believe that. So I think, you know, the point I'm driving in is if you're going to watch stuff and be informed, do things that affect your immediate circle and then branch out from there because you can't consume all of that, you know, negative stuff all at once. And the point I'm driving at is I like to, to watch things that are a little bit lighter. And so during this season of life, uh, the UFC has been that uh, for me. So thank you, Dana White, for putting on all these amazing fights. And uh, I watched the full card last night. I thought it was good. Uh, I watched it with two of my friends who literally have seen nobody as well. And it's the first time I've I've hung out with them this entire time, which is crazy. And I got one friend, he works from home, and he goes to the grocery store and he goes home. He literally has been nowhere, which is crazy. And then my other buddy works mostly from home, and then he runs a a warehouse uh, and they all social distance in the warehouse and wear a mask and it's a very small crew and even last night we didn't you know we're dudes we don't sit super close uh, to each other we we socially distance naturally but uh, it just felt some semblance of normalcy last night to, to chill with them uh, and watch the fights which didn't end till like 11 20 which I haven't seen 11 20 p.m. you guys in a very very long time so uh, Nino Sal be either taking a nap today or be going to sleep about uh, 6 p.m. so to the question at hand, uh, in another life, MMA fighter or ball player? I for surely would go a ball player just for the fact that I respect MMA fighters. I think it's amazing, even for somebody who watched last night, like the main event, the uh, Masvidal-Usma fight, and people are like, oh, it was so boring. I'm like, 
well, if you were in the ring with Jorge Masvidal, like, what would you do? You would do anything you could to win, whether that be wrestle him to the ground, pin him up against a cage. Like, I'm not going to stand in the middle of the ring with that dude. He's an animal. Like, he'd knock me out in, in probably 20 seconds. Like, I think people from the outside sometimes would, if you've never fought, like, in a cage, in in an octagon, in a ring, you have no right to judge anybody who fights. Like, I just think that there should be, like, a, a $10,000 fine you have to pay anytime you criticize the guys who are fighting. Because these are two dudes who go into a cage and they lock the door and they go into combat. Like, that's some violent shit, man. And I have the utmost respect for them. And they don't get paid that much comparative to what they're doing. So if you had asked me, like, if I was, you know, could be, you know, in another life, I definitely would play in the NBA because it's like especially now with the contracts he's all even the low-level dudes make a shit ton of money and like decent dudes are making you know multi-million dollars per year and they're playing a, a kid's game they're playing basketball like that's probably the best life ever they, they fly in private jets and they typically live this lavish lifestyle and on a side note i my instagram suggested feed mostly for me is like is trucks um firearms uh, MMA fighting and then basketball. Literally, there's no fitness because I don't really, regardless of what people believe, I don't watch other people's fitness content. I just really don't care for it. Other than my friends, we, we talk to each other and communicate. But the point is, I'll see like these guys now in the NBA because the NBA is going to start here and uh, they're starting already. They're practicing. They're going to play in a couple of weeks as they're playing. And they're in a bubble in Orlando. And that's they're all kind of quarantined in there and they test them all the time. And a lot of these players are complaining about you know the room they're staying in the food they're eating and things. And I understand it's an adjustment for them. If they are, are worried about, you know, the virus, if they're, you know, sad about not being around their family. And I, I, I truly understand that that's a hard adjustment for anybody. But some of these guys are making $7 million a year and they're in the safest probably place in America right now, staying in a hotel room, playing video games most of the day, practicing basketball and getting food delivered to their room. Now, it's probably not their $10 million mansion and it's probably not Mastro's what they're delivering to them, but they're complaining about it, some of them. And I'm like, you got to understand how you sound. You're playing basketball in a bubble where everybody's tested. And when you're not playing basketball, you're playing video games and you're getting food delivered to your room. While there's people out here dying and there's other people out here who are fighting, you know, to keep their business alive or they're fighting just to keep their job or they're on unemployment, not knowing where their next meal is going to come from. And you're complaining. And I chalked that up to some of them just being you know, kind of tone deaf or being, you know, they're, you're a 25 year old kid and you don't understand how you sound to the rest of the world. But, uh, when you see it from the outside and you hear them, like, I get it for you guys. It's not great, but you're still making $7 million a year and you're staying in a hotel. So it could be way, way worse. But to answer the question in a roundabout way, I definitely would go like the a basketball route or probably the easiest job in, in pro sports. I don't know if it's the easiest, but like being a punter, for an NFL team, I think would probably be easy enough because it's like you're just you're punting the ball, which it matters, but it's not like you're gonna probably win or lose the game on that. So there's not as much pressure as like the kicker, and you really don't get hit like a wide receiver gets hit. So uh, I don't think that'd be the most fun. I think like being on a basketball team, like if you're on the Lakers, like your life is probably pretty good. If you're like you're on the Miami Heat, it's like I live in Miami, I'm on the Heat, I go to practice, I can hang out at South Beach, like, and you're probably making you know. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten million dollars a year. Yeah, I think I could. Uh, I think I can do that. Next question: Efficiently flowing from exercise to exercise in a home gym environment to maximize time. 
honestly, circuits are great. Obviously, the the time circuits, you know, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off, you know, one minute on, one minute off, that one-to-one ratio stuff works, or if it's more strength stuff, maybe, you know, uh, 30 seconds on, a minute off, or 90 seconds off, something like that. That's an easy way. Once you're on a timer, your brain can't wander, and you're just going to flow through it. Or what I've been doing, honestly, and I'll do another podcast on, on how I train, uh, lately or like my typical training routine we'll do like a part two because from the first one I did my, my training has shifted a little bit now just because this year has been so kind of ass backwards and I know a lot of you guys like to listen to the that kind of technical stuff but uh in terms of being efficient with your training time in a home gym or any gym for that matter setting a clock for like I've been doing a lot of these 30 minutes you know basically from 20 to 25 to 35 minute uh, AMRAPs. So as many rounds as possible. So I'll set the clock for 30 minutes and maybe I'll go through like split squats, kettlebell swings, uh, sled pushes, and like uh, deadlifts. And I'll just set a a rep scheme. Maybe it's, you know, 10 and 20 and, you know, 50 yards and, and five or something. And I'll see how many rounds I can possibly go through in 30 minutes. So the workout can't be longer than 30 minutes. And then the pacing's on me. So if I want to make it more strength heavy, I can load it heavy. If I want to make it more aerobic, I can obviously lighten the loads and I can speed up the, you know, the rest times. But I think that's a great way. So set time intervals or like the just, you know, one big time block or workout time blocks work as well. Like, you know, five minute blocks on, two minute blocks off, things like that are all great to be efficient especially when you you know have limited time or or space or equipment or honestly any time uh, it works obviously I have a whole you know I have a 3,000 square foot warehouse here I can do my thing and so you know, it works anywhere but uh, I think for you guys at home it specifically works next one top three supplements you recommend taking every single day easy enough athletic greens for sure again if you guys want the hookup message me i'm happy to hook you guys up with it again i can't say enough good things about them uh i do feel it's one of the main reasons why i have the energy i have and uh you know i just feel better on it digestive system everything it just it helps next athletic greens i would say in omega krill oil um i think is ideal so your omega threes your krill oils again right now jlab has a discount on all their products for i think until thursday the 16th at midnight so if you guys want to try the krill oil i take in terms of getting high quality omegas if you're not eating enough fish i think and again even if you eat fish every day which almost nobody does i think you should supplement with an omega-3 like a krill oil product i think it would be beneficial and now the third one it's tough to say if you want even more probiotic love you could go the probiotic route i do because i value gut health now in athletic greens they do have a pre and probiotic uh, digestive enzyme kind of blend in there so for most of you it's probably not necessary i just do it because for me and again it, it all comes down to use individual so i know my gut and i know what it needs and i know what i feel best on so i do that route but if you are not gonna do that i would say everybody else i'm gonna go th- three slash four probably like a d3 and a zinc I think is ideal. I, now I'm just going the straight immunity route, like to what's going to make you the healthiest. I think having uh, enough D3 in your life, enough vitamin D, and having enough zinc, I think is ideal for you guys. And again, if you're not out in the sun, at least probably 20, 30 minutes a day, which is the best way to get D, um, you have to supplement it. Your body's not going to create on its own. And I think zinc for a lot of people too, uh, just in terms of keeping your immune system running on high. So athletic greens, uh, krill oil, omegas and then like probably like the 
the zinc kind of D route, and then obviously probiotics would be in there. But we have a whole free supplement guide. If you guys want it, message me. I'm happy to send it to you. Um, and then all the stuff I do. And I've, I have a full uh, video on YouTube and my IGTV of all the supplements I've been taking during this, you know, kind of, you know, season of life that we are in right now if you guys want to check that out and then obviously any of the products that i take you can message me i'll shoot you the links to them and you guys can try them for yourself next one in what way do you plan your weekly workouts uh my personal ones again i'll do a podcast on this in in greater detail but i tend to do like four legit loading days like an upper body lower body upper body lower body i split them up that way I'll compartmentalize those into kind of like a strength and hypertrophy. I'll mix those up. But again, this season of life has been weird. So my schedule's been off. It's been different. So I will do some of the Amaranth stuff. Sometimes it's more aerobic. Sometimes it's not. But I like to do at least four days of, of legit loading. And then usually, on like for me, like on a Wednesday is my easier day, which tends to be more aerobic. A lot of mobility, a lot of tissue work. Saturday tends to be something kind of similar. Uh... Maybe I'll do, you know, heavy farmer's carries uh, with like, you know, some airmill work and then obviously built in mobility and then be work on some weak point stuff like grip work or things like that. And then Sundays, uh, you know, I get into like our advanced Metcon, like these terrible uh, workouts that you guys tend to love and I share with all you guys, which eventually will be a program. We almost have that program content wise done, which doesn't mean done for you guys, but it, almost the content is completely created there so we will do like a you know a sunday advanced metcon series or like a i don't know what i'll call it like 25 days of sundays or something like that where it'll be like a 25 workout flow over the course of maybe 50 days it'll either come out at the end of 2020 or sometime you know early 2021 depending on what our what our business looks like and what the world looks like at that point but that's kind of how i do my week so like five harder days and then two easier days. And then obviously if I go, you know, hiking or, or paddle boarding or, or play basketball or ride bikes, like obviously that slots into like an easier aerobic day. But that for the most part is what my week kind of looks like. And then obviously uh, we film content here usually two specific days of the week. Our inner circle group gets stuff kind of every day. Just me kind of video walkthroughs of what we're doing. And then uh, – We'll do a lot of video content, usually on my lighter aerobic days, because I have energy and um, I'm not super sore and tired, which which I found it over time tends to work better uh, for video. Next one. What were your jobs before you became who you are today? Well, I don't know who I am today. If you guys know, please send me a message. I'm just trying to figure it out like everybody else. And uh, especially now, it's just a weird, we're all in a weird space. Or we're doing a lot of self-questioning, or at least I hope you are. Or you're taking this time to to ask yourself, you know, what what you really like, who you really are, what you really want to do with, you know, the current, you know, time you have, and then obviously with your future. And I think that's always changing and shifting. I think that's kind of the beauty of life. It's the uh, the unknown is scary, and the unknown it also keeps it fun and uh, fresh. And knowing that we're not going to be here forever gives us a sense of, you know. Uh, urgency laced with patience hopefully but also makes us understand how important every single day is hopefully and if you don't just uh, know you only have so many 86,400 seconds to be gifted and uh, you can't waste them even even though some of these days right now might feel less than optimal but uh, you can still make the most of them in the context of, of where you're at but to answer the question what jobs have I had before I came who I am here today? I've really only had one real 
job ever in my adult life, I guess. And uh, I was an academic advisor um, for military students, so I would do I would give them academic advice, if you will. Uh, mostly uh, the grunts, the badasses, uh, we like to call them the, the uh, associates level guys. Typically, you know, first and second year college students, you know, transitioning who are either active duty military or are, you know, out of uh, the military. And back then they were using like the Montgomery GI Bill to uh, get their stuff done. So we'd work on like, you know, could they get credit for, you know, depending on what their job was in the military, whether it was like their infantry guys or if they were doing like helicopter repair, whatever their job was, depending on what branch they were into and what, what kind of degree they wanted to get into, whether it be like criminal justice or who knows. Uh, so again, I, so I worked with a lot of military guys too. Um, obviously, all military students or spouses uh, of active duty military, and then obviously a lot of the guys on the enrollment side were. I think they're all from military people. Uh, so like the the lady I worked with, uh, Angel, who was uh, on the finance side. So like I'm talking academics. She would do the finance. Her husband was active duty military. I think he still is um, out here at. Luke Air Force Base, and then a lot of the other guys we work with, you know, Jan, uh, Mike, and them. Like those are all military dudes. Uh, like Jan was a combat vet, dude, just a, and he also uh, wrestled in the WWF or WWE, which is crazy. Now I think he has his own whiskey too. He's a Renaissance man. Uh, dude's just a fucking badass though. Like he's a dude. Like when you say like, when you think like military dudes, like he's the dude. Like army combat vet, like kicked down the door and just like start fucking shit up. Like he was. He's a gangster, and so, uh, but he also loved, he's a big dude, bigger than me, and uh, he also loved wrestling, and he was like, yeah, man, I wrestled in the, in the WWE, it was like one of his dreams, and so, uh, anyways, that was the only real job I had, I mean, other like, you know, growing up and stuff, um, I washed dishes at this place called Chula Vista, uh, Mexican restaurant, I did that as a kid, um, what else would I do, I worked at Kmart, uh, as well, if you guys are from the Midwest, Kmart. I was like, the, you know, check people out at the register. Kmart sucked for sure. What other jobs did I have? I sold. My mom worked for this uh, auto, like auto manufacturing, like parts place. She was a uh, one of the managers there, sales managers, and uh, she got me a job one summer. I did like packaging for them, so I worked in the warehouse sometimes packaging like. Um, what are those like the grinding wheels like the the wheels that like they use them like for in car manufacturing and i packaged a lot of stuff there so i worked in the warehouse one summer a couple summers and then the one summer i sold these things called sturdy steps that's a terrible job sturdy steps are like the steps that you would sell to like your auto mechanic it would help him like step up onto a truck and so, like, whether he had, like, a snap-on or Mac tools or something, and he would have, like, he could put his tools there and also step up onto it so he didn't have to use, like, a crate or something dangerous to get up on, into a truck or look at it, depending on what kind of setup he had. So, basically, I would roll up into this place in the summer, tired as shit, hating my life. Again, I was not the person you're listening to today, this motivated person who works 100 hours a week, who tries to help everybody, I was not that at 20 years old or 19, or 21, or I just was not that human yet, so don't picture me, picture this other version of me, uh, but I roll in there tired of shit, hating my life, and like, you know, 10 minutes at work would feel like 10 hours, where now it's like 10 hours at work sometimes does feel like 10 minutes, I'm very blessed to be able to do what I do most days, and uh, you basically get this huge cold call list, 
and uh, you would just call like you know Rick's auto body and be like, hey Rick, this is you know Jeremy from Goodson. I'm calling to sell you this sturdy step, and like I, the hang up rate was probably about ninety percent. So out of every nine calls, or excuse me, ten calls, nine people would hang up on you and tell you how much you suck. So I learned a lot about what I didn't want to do at that job, and I learned a lot about just rejection, uh, losing, and not being great at making uh, sales. But I did sell some sturdy steps. Just I wasn't the top salesman for sure. And my mom wasn't my boss. I just, the guy she was in charge of, his name was Matt Rudnick. And Matt was like super inappropriate. And Matt would come over to come to work sometimes hungover. Um, talk about porn. He just was not a great leader, if you will. Super fun guy uh, for a 20-year-old to have as a boss, but just really sometimes didn't feel like he had his shit together. He would joke a lot. Um, so yeah, I wasn't great at the sturdy steps. Um, other than that, I laid sod as well. So landscaping I would do. Um, I worked at a golf course with one of my best friends, uh, which was kind of fun, like in the cart barn. You like give the guys their golf carts in the morning. You set the carts up, uh, help them put their clubs on and off. You worked on tips basically, uh, drive the range. So like obviously people are hitting golf balls in the range. You would get in the big cart, and uh, back then I, I obviously was addicted to chewing tobacco. So I would chew. I put a big chew in, put my iPad in or iPod in, and uh, just listen to like you know Tupac and drive around the range uh, and just you know pick up range balls. And then I did that with him. Which was actually fun. I, I enjoyed it. It's not a career, obviously. But uh, I had a good time there. We did a lot of inappropriate shit there, too. Uh, upsell people on range balls and just a lot of, you know, just things you do when you're young and stupid. And then what else did I do? I worked construction. Um, a lot of demo shit. Uh, and hanging drywall and, and things like that. The very basic stuff I could do or at least help out with. Um, but a lot of that, you know, I'm trying to think. Those are probably all the jobs that I really had. I mean, like anything else, like a rough basketball, uh, umpired baseball, all those kinds of things just to, to make money. And so I would hustle for sure, but uh, one real job was it, and then here I am today. So all those failures. I, there's some other stories in there I could I could share too. Uh, the last one I'll share is this. I did have like one, I did get an interview here, um, and I actually quit like the day before I met my wife, Heather. And it was uh, like an at-risk kind of youth uh, facility. And I got a job as uh, like one of the counselors that would be there. Like not like your, you know, not like a summer camp counselor, like the next level up. So it was a real job. Um, obviously, my degree, my undergrad and stuff is all, like, all education-based. So like, you know, uh, special education was a background. And then I, I did some internship work with similar uh, kids to this. When I say kids, I'm talking like... 14, 15, 16, 17, all the way on up, uh, you know, before they turn 18. And I got the, I got the job. I was going through the training and they're just talking like, they're sharing some of the stories. Like one of the kids, like, you know, cut his wrist the day before and some other horrible stuff I heard like in the first, you know, basically two days of training when I was there. And it just was really, it's just really sad to me. Um, and personally I've had enough sadness in my life and I've seen enough bad shit and I've I've witnessed enough bad things, and I've been around enough people who've who've been through horrible things, and I've been in those environments, 
And, and even after two days of just listening to it, I'm like, this is too much for me, man. I'm not going to be, I can't take this on. So I always say this, bless the hearts of people who are social workers and teachers of uh, people at like at risk or alternative schools and things like that. Because man, it's a lot to chew on for like really shitty pay. And, uh, or like, you know, people are like police officers, like police officers go through so much and there's so much trauma and it's so traumatic of what they have to hear and go through for like what I consider not to be great pay. And, uh, I just couldn't do it. So I quit that job, but here's the story. Here's how I quit it. I, I've told this before on the podcast, I think, but, uh, anyways, I remember them saying like in the orientation, Hey, you know, we will mail you. Uh, like your your first check, you, you can't. It's not going to be direct deposit. We'll mail you the first one, then we'll hook it up. And so I went through the training for two days. And at this time, you guys, I'm dead broke. I have no money. I just moved here. Like I have nothing. I, I packed up my car. I moved across the country. I had nothing. I'd like, you know, by the time I paid rent, I had like less than two thousand dollars to my name total. That's why I'm dead fucking broke. And I'm like, well, I need this two days of training money. So uh, I remember I called on a Sunday. Because I knew if I called on Sunday, nobody would answer. I was a chicken shit. And uh, I'm like, hey, you know, I, I, I tore my ACL, uh, you know, on my right leg. I was super specific. Playing basketball, so I'm not going to be able to drive in, uh, you know, and do the training. So I'm going to have to take, you know, a couple months off. And uh, basically, I made it so it sounded like I couldn't drive to work and there was no way I could get there. So A, they wouldn't expect me to come in after like a week or two. And two, uh, they would mail me my check. That's probably one of the low points of, of me as a person. And then I kind of turned my, my shit around from there. And then I met my wife the next day uh, at a bar. And I'm like, hey, I have no job and no money, but I'm uh, I'm fit. And hopefully you find me attractive. So, hey, maybe let's hook up. And the rest is history. So that's my work history for you guys in terms of how I remember it. I probably forgot a job or two in there, but that uh, essentially is uh, is where I'm at. So next thing on the list. The journey from where you are from an all-or-nothing mentality to having some self-control today. Example, uh, like how I control myself with peanut butter. Yes, uh, I have gotten way better with self-control uh, in peanut butter now that you mentioned that. Actually, there's a, a jar of peanut butter at our house right now, and I just opened it two days ago, and I haven't, I've ate a little bit of it. I put some on an Ezekiel muffin the other day, probably about two tablespoons-ish, give or take, and uh my dog has ate the rest of it so far. Um, how did I do that? You know, honestly, I think it comes with with t- time, practice, and maturity for sure. Because for the longest time, I couldn't. I would eat a whole jar of peanut butter in a day. I've done it before. I've ate a whole jar of, of Justin's almond butter in a day as well. I've eaten at least five Power Crunch bars at one sitting. I've ate two pizzas at easily uh, at a dinner before. Um, have I eaten a whole bag of Oreos? I don't know if I ate a whole bag of Oreos, but I probably ate like a sleeve plus a bunch of other shit. So I don't do that stuff anymore. And I think the biggest thing is it just takes practice. And honestly, for me, it, it takes feeling like shit uh, so many times to where you just get fed up, right? Like the, the saying is you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. That's when you make a change. And all of a sudden it's like it it just happens. And, and we think of it because like, okay, it goes from like you did it on, on Wednesday, but you stopped doing it Thursday. And it is this like quick snap of a finger, instantaneous change. But it only happens that way because you fucked up so many times before, at least for me. 
and just understanding like if I keep doing this, I'm going to keep feeling like shit. I didn't want to keep going through the same cycle of like feeling like crap and then feeling good and then having eaters. I never really had eaters remorse. I just remember like laying in bed feeling like like garbage or just having like this big pregnant, you know, belly. Even though like you have abs, but yet you're like pregnant, but you're a dude. So it's like a terrible look. And it goes away in a day, but it's like, you ever like would binge so hard where it's like you ate cold stone and pizza and all this shit and you wake up and it's like your face is puffy. Your, your fingers are like these, you know, thick sausages. Like they're just, you have this external inflammation and then all of a sudden you're going to the bathroom like erratically and you're farting 47 times. Like I got tired of, of that shit. And so when I first started in fitness, I'm the first one to say this, like, yes, I started to do it to be healthy. But then you get to the point where you do feel good and then you're, you you get loose with your own rules, right? And uh, I would get loose with my own my own rules and then all of a sudden I found myself kind of, you know, sick from overeating and you just get tired of it. And it, it, again, it took me a long time to make the progress. So you do things to safeguard yourself. You don't keep garbage at home. You, you start to understand what foods you can or can't have in the house. But it just takes patience and time and practice. And now it's like, I don't crack now unless I want to. I don't just fuck up on a, on a Tuesday because I had a bad day. I don't stress eat anymore. I can now have a beer and I'm not the guy who has to have 20 beers. Like if you watch in our office right now, like we have guests on the podcast, obviously to offer people, Hey, do you want a water, coffee, beer? We actually have in our fridge here, whether you guys realize it or not. And then behind me, if you watch on YouTube, we have a bottle of whiskey. This is actually the, uh, the monkey shoulder whiskey, which is actually uh, really good. I have always been a whiskey fan. Like, you want to smell it. Like, it's, uh, Monkey Shoulder makes a good whiskey. There's a lot of things. There's, you know, obviously, like, Lagavulin and stuff, but you got to be in the mood for, like, the smoky stuff. Anyways, there there would have been a time in my life where I couldn't have had beer in the fridge here, or I couldn't have had, like, you know, whiskey just sitting behind me without just, like, you know, going from zero to fucked up in an instant. And that comes with, I think, age, honestly, and maturity and time. And most people mature and are probably way smarter than me earlier on, but uh, hey, I got here, and here I am now, so I just think it takes practice, and to answer the question, you know, to, to nail it home, it's just, you have to really want to be healthy, you have to really value feeling good, you have to be, again, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, man, it's just like how people really get out of debt, you got to be just fed up with, like, paying interest, to other people. And if you want to acquire wealth, you want people to pay interest to you. You have to just be sick of being in the system and being sick of being in the same cycle that you've always been in. That's why people struggle to get out of debt. That's why people struggle to to get, you know, into shape because they're just they're in the same cyclical pattern and they're not fucking tired enough of it yet. You have to get to the point where you're almost like disgusted with yourself and how you've been living and how you've been acting and what you've been doing. And you have this kind of for lack of a better term, like come to Jesus moment. And it might change in an instant and it might take you a bunch of time, but that instant change only came from, you know, the things you've done in the past and getting to your breaking point of just being like, hey man, I just can't do this shit anymore. And that's really where I got to it with the food. And then I've just kind of refined and honed that skill over time. But it's mental. It really is, man. It's uh, That's why I say, you know, I might not be able to pass an eighth grade math test, but mentally um, I'm in a different space in terms of like what I'm willing to 
sacrifice and, and how patient I'm willing to be uh, with certain things and how I'll push myself in my head to make my you know, body and my mouth and my mind, my mind do, do certain things. Next one. Have you done a specific podcast on the concept of delayed gratification? I think we have. I don't know. We've done like 350 episodes. I don't know. But I'm a huge fan of that, obviously. Um, I'm probably one of the most patient people you ever meet with everything. I, you know, I, I can't delay gratification forever because obviously one day I'm going to drop dead. But the way I've lived my life up to this point has been very methodical in in thought out in uh, I've been meticulous with it and I don't want to say I always think of the worst case scenario but like my buddy Ben and I will talk like hey if the world went to black could we make it if everything went to shit could we still survive could we see things through did we set ourselves up with all the hard work we've we put it in the past to allow us to have a chance in the future. And that's kind of how I do most things. I think that's why you should have a an emergency fund of, of three to six months of expenses. That's why I think if you run a business, you should have a, a certain number of retained earnings you feel confident with. And I think, you know, I invest, obviously, uh, you know, in the market. I'm a huge fan of the stock market and I believe in America. And uh, But I don't, I don't buy single stocks. I'm not just going to go buy, you know, Amazon stock. I'm not just going to go buy Boeing stock. I'll buy things in mutual funds that are wrapped, you know, and I'll diversify things. I'm not going to go, hey, put a hundred thousand bucks into, you know, Nike today. Like that's not how I do things. I play it probably a little bit closer to the vest than some other people, and that's fine. Like I don't need fifty million dollars if I end up with, you know, five. Like that's fine. Like I again, I don't do it for that, but. Uh, you got to be patient with those things, and and I think if you are, like you're going to win in the long run. And a lot of people worry about the scoreboard and checking the clock every two minutes of where they're at and how much money they made or how many followers they have and fans and likes. And they're on quarter one, two, and three. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if you if you lose all three quarters. If you win the fucking game, man, that's the point. And so sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. But and again, if you're if you're trying to be fit, you're going to have to be patient. It's just part of it. If you're trying to change your body and how it looks, you have to have a certain level of patience and common sense. Like it doesn't happen overnight. And I think probably some of the greatest life lessons I've ever got are from sports. And for me, probably because I was never naturally great at anything. Like I'm athletic enough. Like I'm fast. Like I can run fast. I can jump high. You know, I could dunk a basketball at 15, 16 years old. And I still can to this day, which is crazy. Um, so I have like a certain level of athletic natural ability, but not I'm not like I'm not Russell Westbrook athletic. I'm not LeBron James athletic. Like I'm not that gifted, but I've I always worked hard for the skill of things, and it always took me a long time to get good. So it took me years to get good at playing basketball. You know, it took me years to get good at to playing baseball. It took me years to get good at bowling. Right? It took me years to get good at shooting firearms. And so there's just a level of patience that's built into sport that's helped me in school. That's helped me in relationships. That for sure has helped me in business. And it's helped me in investing and saving money. And so I think it's important. And you have to understand if you want to be good at anything, it's going to take time. And it's going to take way more time than you want. And it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be hard as shit, especially when you first start. But if you're consistent and you're willing to put in the work today to get a payoff 10 years from now, you're going to be okay. Next one. How about intermittent fasting? Is it good? Yes. I got three other podcasts on intermittent fasting. Check them out. Next one. Naturally boosting testosterone when you're naturally deficient. 
naturally doing it, get quality sleep, eat an awesome diet, maybe like a tribulus or like a DHEA, I think are the natural ones. Uh, we have a whole podcast uh, with Dr. Ben Evans on uh, testosterone, how to naturally boost it. And obviously he's a fan of, um, you know, HRT, hormone replacement therapy. So that might be a great, uh, a great podcast for you to check out. Next one, how to simply get started you know, to lose belly fatness. I think I actually have a, a podcast titled Lose Belly Fat or something like that. Uh, give it a listen. Uh, next, one on the list. How do you stay consistent with your mindset and your mood? Um, you know, it's tough during this season of life. Uh, I'll tell you that, man. Like, uh, there's days where during this shit I even felt like I was faking it and what I mean by that is I would be having a shitty day and I would still come on and give you guys a a podcast on cellulite or a podcast on uh, you know five fat loss tips I don't know the technical stuff I can always do because it's just you know we've written these you know blogs already or emails or we've written these in ebooks and or it's stuff I've shared with friends and it's things that I just technically know about because this is what I do but it's hard, man, to stay consistently positive uh, when shit's crashing down around you and when every day, you know, things are changing and typically not always for the better. And like in Arizona where it's like the goalpost is shifting of like when our, your business can open or be closed and you're, you know, from a standpoint of us, like the, the in-person gym that is. The online stuff has been great for us. I love all you guys. But the in-person stuff, it's tough. Like you run a service business. It relies on people to show up and uh, no new people are showing up and, and a lot of the people here are not coming back at least right now because they're they lost their job or um, they're scared or they're you know away for the summer or wh- whatever the, the the thing is or they don't like you know they don't want to do online training so they're, they're going to leave us and then just going to hang out until the gym's back open and it's like y- you built something for a decade and it's just like it just gets you know fucking murdered uh, because no fault of your own of, of a, from a pandemic. And luckily I can pivot and have a podcast. And we have all these other awesome avenues where we can coach and help people and, and do things and the partnerships and sponsorships and stuff. But uh, it ain't easy for sure. Like when it's raining, you're trying not to get wet. And it's like it, you're just getting wet, man. So the, the way I think about that is my mindset doesn't change. There's a lot of stuff I can't control. And to quote my man, Corey Smith, who he always used to tell me, Jeremy, control your controllables. And uh, that's all I can do. And so I don't really think of anything other than like one day at a time right now. Like obviously this week I have some stuff planned with our camera guy who's going to finally come in and shoot a bunch of stuff and with my wife and things. But I basically am just, I, I work one day at a time right now. My wife's like, well, what do you want to do in these two weeks? I'm like, I don't, Heather, I'm like, Heather, I can't. I can't tell you what I'm going to do fucking tomorrow night. So I can't tell you in 10 days from now. And I don't do that to be pessimistic. It's just the truth because things have changed and shift here so fast and so much. So I just take things one day at a time right now. And I'm mapping out stuff for the future and planning things. And we talk about that here with Monica and what what we're doing in terms of our program launches and and those things. But it's hard right now for sure, man. But the thing that's helped me the most is understanding perspective. And having gratitude for who I am um, and the way that I think and, and the things that I've done and the way that I've positioned my life, I am very grateful for that. And uh, 
I understand the seat that I sit in is probably not ideal for most people. And the stress of it, I think, would be rough for a lot of individuals. And they'd have a hard time doing all the work necessary to keep all the parts moving and, and hold everything together and, and actually make forward strides, you know, instead of taking backward strides and just like trying to wait it out or just, you know, huddling in a corner and crying. But with that said, like, I'm me. And uh, I know a lot of other people are, you know, they're dying or they're sick or they've lost their homes or they've lost their businesses or they've lost their jobs. And I'm still in a position to where I can help people and I can make money and I can still, you know, touch a lot of lives through the platforms that we've built. So I'm very blessed and fortunate for that. And so I always come back to the phrase, you know, if we all threw our problems in a pile in the middle of the room and you could see all the other shit everybody in your neighborhood in your city in your state in your country was dealing with and you saw your problems you would probably sprint back in that pile and grab your problems real quick before you grab somebody else's and I don't like to play the comparison game but it's just the truth man because I know as shitty as this has been for me man I've gotten punched in the face and kicked in the nuts a lot and so has my wife it could be way worse. And I know that and I'm very fortunate and very blessed. So I just try to really have perspective and gratitude on my life of the eight like billion people in the world. Like I don't really got a lot to bitch about, even though I guess I could every day and I guess some of it would be justified in the concerns and the worries. But man, like I just, that's all I tell myself. And even, you know, I, I ask myself, hey man, if, you know, if you'd asked me if this was going to happen in January, I told you crazy. I know it said it sucked ass, but if you were to go back, you know, to 2009 and say, hey, man, in 2009, Jeremy, your business is going to have to be closed. There's going to be a global pandemic. People are going to do this, this, and this. But here's what your stat sheet looks like. I'd be like, hey, man, I'll take it any day of the week. And so that gives me solace, I guess. And that's how I just try to be positive. And I just understand I, I have a... I have a different gift to be able to speak to people and, and write things to them and show them exercise and, and be... A positive force in their life when they're having a much shittier day or time than me and even if my day is fucking worse than theirs if I have the ability to chew on that shit and swallow it and then spit back out some positive stuff that's what I'm here to do like I'm put on this earth to do that and that's what I'm trying to do for everybody every single day even if I'm having a bad fucking day I try to wake up and be like what can I do to help other people not have a bad fucking day and that's going to pay me back whether it be maybe not this year Maybe next year, maybe 2022. But uh, I do believe in karma and I believe it's real. And so I just can't be sad and, and say, poor me, if I can gut through it and help other people, that's what I'm going to do. And that helps my mindset and that helps put me in a good mood. Next one, uh, getting uh, the right mind track, excuse me, getting the right mindset after sliding back after, you know, reaching your goals. I just think you always have to be setting new goals, man. Like, you just do. Again, I can't. It's got to be the process. That's why I say you have to love the process. As you know, cliche as it sounds, I've reached a lot of goals, and then I'm always kind of like, "What next?" I think you should celebrate them. I'm terrible at celebrating goals, and in you know, taking, "Hey, Jeremy, great job. Let's celebrate." I'm not great at that stuff. I'm just kind of like, "Yeah, it's cool. Well, what's the next thing?" But I always try to set these little goals. And for me, it's not just like, "Hey, make this money." Or it's like the goal for Monday. What can we put out Monday that's going to be awesome? What can we create Tuesday that's going to be amazing? So I'm a fan of little goals. Even if you might not be hitting the big ones at times, little stuff. 
it's always to me the little things and I just always love the process of it of, of creating and helping and seeing you know what I'm doing today may not pay off for two years but I'm okay with that so I think to keep your mind right you have to have mini goals and those are daily goals and uh, you can't get too hung up on like you know reaching one and oftentimes you know reaching the goal becomes sometimes deflating because you're kind of like in that what next mentality so Having something you you enjoy and love to do each day, I think, is, is crucial. Next one. What is the average time a person should train to stay healthy? Honestly, most people, 30 minutes, three times a week for 52 weeks is ideal. So three by 30 by 52 for most of you is great. And on the other days, if you can just walk your dog or do anything, mobility and foam roll, like, you'll be a fit, healthy person, barring you, you get good sleep and don't eat like shit. Next one. How long would you last in a UFC fight? Uh, the women's division, maybe 30 seconds, because I probably would just run around for the first 20 until they knocked me out. Uh, but I, if I could somehow just like fall on top of one of them because I'm so heavy, maybe I would make it a minute. But that's the women's division. Dudes division, we talked about this last night. Like I'm heavy, so I could maybe, if I starve myself, cut to like, I don't know, 185, but I would be like dying at 185. And uh, I couldn't make it to 170, so I'd be fighting. At 170, I'd be fighting like Masvidal or Usma. Um, but that means I'd have to lose like 40 fucking 50 pounds or something. I don't think it's possible, dude. So I don't know. I would just try to make it longer than Ben Askren. So Ben Askren made it five seconds against Masvidal. I figure I could make it like 10 because I could just like move around the cage a little bit till he clipped me. Um, but that'd be me like not making weight. And so a 185er, I'd be like fighting Anderson Silva. I don't know, man. Uh, 15 seconds, I, I give it total. Um, so I think he hits me once. I'm going to cry. Uh, next uh, question on the list, where we have here. Uh, best exercise to keep your groin muscle and hip flexors strong and healthy. Honestly, I'd start with mobility for sure. Uh, lateral lunges I do think would be great. Body weight stuff is awesome. Uh, you know, the, the Buddha squats and things like that are, are probably ideal. But that's kind of the route I would go. And the last one here is... Uh, uh, this guy asked a personal question. His dad is overweight and also has back pain, which unfortunately are not mutually exclusive. They want him to eat better and exercise, but he's stubborn and lazy and in pain. He does not want to and will not cook, so he only orders takeout. And he says he orders salads, but he's not perfect. I know he orders other stuff that has a bunch of trans fats and those things. Do you have any specific advice that he can start to help him start losing weight? Well, if I've learned anything... Over the past 15 years, you know, doing this, it's you can't want something more than other people want it for themselves. I know that's tough to hear, but I can want people here to reach their goals all day long, but unless they really give a shit and do it, um, it's not going to happen. So, A, they're going to have to have that get getting sick and tired of being sick and tired moment, having that come to Jesus moment. All you can do is lead by example and, uh, you know, share podcasts with them like this, share articles, get them on newsletters, um, be healthy yourself, eat well around them, educate them about, you know, the pitfalls of of not being healthy, Um, make fitness the outcome of an activity not the goal find something they like to do whether it's shoot hoops with you or ride a bike with you or go for a walk with you prompt them to be active and uh that's really it man and if people again 
they don't want to and won't cook. It's going to be super hard, dude. Like most people aren't going to go to salads to go every day. Most people aren't going to go to grab a greens every day or chop shop every day. They're going to go to McDonald's. They're going to order unhealthy shit. It really begins with education and having them care and having them have a circle of people who want to be healthy. And so all you can do is be a positive uh, fountain of information for them and, and, and just show them by your actions. And they really have to care. Uh, you know, there, there's people in my family and there's people in my close circle that are not healthy. And uh, there's nothing I can do, man. You know, and I, I think that if I want to be, you know, on a serious note, probably look at one of my biggest failures. It would be getting the people who are, you know, sometimes closest to me not take their health uh, and fitness serious and not make it a priority. But, you know, there's nothing I can do about that. And I don't, I don't feel bad about it. Um, I used to, I used to take it personal. I'm like, well, you know, if, if they would just do this and it's like, I don't sell people programs. I don't sell people fitness. I don't sell people coaching. I don't sell them anything we do here. I say it to everybody. I'm like, if you want to be here, be here. If you don't, then don't like, cause I'm not going to sell you this service that requires you to do work. I'm not going to sell you on a lifestyle that you should want to do yourself. It's why when people are like, we get in the call and they're like, what do you think I should do? I'm like, well, here's the options. Here's what I suggest. But I'm like, ultimately it's up to you. You can't convince somebody to eat healthy if they don't want to. You just can't. Like there's people who go to like, you know, the cardiac, you know, heart hospital and then they're eating shit in the fucking lobby or they're, they're, their mom or dad or husband or wife is in there like getting stints put in and they're eating fucking McDonald's in the lobby. That really happens. I'm not making that up. Like if that doesn't show you like, wow, our culture and like we don't really value health and give a shit, like I don't know what does. So you have to start with educating people on like what healthy food is, what is good, what is bad. Um, what's going to heal your body? What's going to happen if you don't do this? And the, the, the funny thing I always say is like, it's like odd people thought like they would get older and, and become more mobile. They get older and think they become more flexible. They get older and they think they would have thicker hair or less gray hair um, and, and be less wrinkly uh, and be stronger and have more energy. No, no, that doesn't happen. After the age of probably 25 your hair is going to probably get thinner unless you're genetically gifted. It'll probably fall out. It'll probably be gray. You're going to get wrinklier. You're going to get some aches and pains. You're going to have worse mobility. You're going to have uh, some injuries if you don't take the steps to improve them. Now, you can be fit as shit till you're 90, but you got to work at it. You got to put the time in. You have to care about it. You have to educate yourself. You have to really want to do it. And your wife can want you to, and your husband can want you to, and your kids and your family can want you to. But until you give a shit about yourself, it's not going to happen, man. So it's really tough. But the biggest thing I would say, any advice I give them to start, walk every day. Walk 30 to 60 minutes every single day. Anybody can do that. The laziest person on the planet can go for a walk and listen to a podcast for 30 to 60 minutes. So just do that. Do some mobility a couple times a week. Get your ass foam rolling. Please do that. Ride your bike. Do a couple bodyweight squats. Do some push-ups. Eat some vegetables. Take some athletic greens. Drink a shit ton of water. You know, don't eat fast food and drink booze every single day. Do things that are going to make you feel good. Get quality sleep. Like, all those things are basic stuff. But for most people, if you do nothing now, walking is great. If we eat no vegetables right now, eating one vegetable a day is an amazing start. And just go from there. Shallow and deep end it. 
You don't got to, you know, be Mr. Olympia tomorrow. You don't got to go run to Ironman, but you got to start somewhere. And uh, if you can start walking, and if you don't walk at all now, shit, walk every other day if you're that lazy. Anything will, will help, and, and hopefully that helps you help him. But uh, he's really got to give a shit before anything you're going to say carries any any major weight. And uh, hopefully that helps. So, Any other questions you guys have for me, hit me up, let me know. I think we'll have Heather on the podcast tomorrow, I believe. Uh, I don't know. She's got a couple topics for us to uh, to jive on. Also, a guy did ask about creatine in here. I'll do a whole podcast actually on creatine in detail just because it's there's a lot to chew on and go over there, and I think I don't want to do it a disservice by trying to cram it in here really quick. So I'll do a whole podcast on that. But again, if you guys need anything, just let me know. And other than that, um, working on a bunch of programs, coming to you guys, filming a lot of content this week. About to share the Sunday at Man's Metcon with you here shortly. And again, reminder, this podcast brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens. If you guys want to try 20 free travel packs, shoot me a message. I'll hook you up with the link for that. Or if you're really worried about it and you're not sure, I'll actually mail you one right to your front door. And then you can get the 20 free travel packs after that. So basically, it's 21 free travel packs if you are really uncertain. And I promise you guys, it's well worth it. It's the one thing I take every single day to make me feel good. And look like a younger, more jacked version of Bruce Willis. So, thank you guys. I appreciate you. If you happen to be on iTunes right now, stop. Do not be a lazy ass. Go to your podcast app on your iPhone. Scroll your finger all the way down in the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast. Click ratings and reviews. Hit a five star. Write me a sentence of how much you love it. I would appreciate it. And share this with a friend or family member you think it can help. Obviously, if you're on a MacBook or an iPad, go to the iTunes icon. Click ratings and reviews, five star, and leave me a couple notes. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for that. And again, you guys, just stay safe and stay sweaty. And uh, you know, hopefully, um, you're able to do some, some awesome stuff this summer, even though it's not probably how any of us really intended it to be. All we can do is make the most of the dumpster fire that currently is 2020. So thank you guys. And until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.